are told to worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness and tremble before him all the earth as we lift up Christ and we sing of his salvation. May his namesake be glorified today.
Good evening, Southview. Merry Christmas. Are you excited tonight? Christ is come. Christ is the Lord. Amen. I'm so glad to be here. Um, for those that don't know, for those that are visiting, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that everybody's here. My name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. And whether you're joining us um, in, in-house or online, we're glad that you're here. It's such an honor and a privilege to be able to gather with God's people um, and sing praises to Christ. So we're super excited. I don't have to tell you that 2020 has been a challenging year. Anybody agree with me? Nope, nope. But Christ is Lord. And if we have our hope in Christ, we have a reason to celebrate. I love how Paul says it. He says in the book of Romans, he says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We have been justified by faith, and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the indescribable gift that God the Father gave us so many thousands of years ago. So let's celebrate that today, church. Let's give him praise. Let's applaud him. Yes. We don't just celebrate the birth of our Savior. We celebrate his life. And we don't just celebrate his sinless life. We celebrate his sacrificial giving on the cross. And we don't just celebrate his sacrificial giving. We celebrate his resurrection, that he has redeemed those who would believe so that we can be with God. That's the reason to celebrate. So I'm going to pray, and you're going to stand, and we're going to sing and worship. Lord God, thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you that you never change. We thank you that while we were dead in our sins, that you called us to be alive in Christ Jesus. And that is an amazing fact that we celebrate. Your word says that through tribulation, through suffering, through famine, through peril, that we can have hope and not as the world hopes, but hope in Jesus Christ. So my prayer for believers and everybody in this room tonight, that we would simply preach the gospel to one another, that we would be encouraged that through the message, man, woman, child, would hear the saving faith of Christ and be saved. So lead us, let your Holy Spirit have his way in this room so that you might lead your people in worship and spirit and in truth. We love you in Christ's name. Stand with us, church. Amen. We're going to sing loud. We're going to celebrate.
Praise God. Amen. You guys may be seated. Y'all can uh, go ahead and grab a seat. It is, uh, it is a joy and a privilege to be able to come before you tonight. I want to thank you just for coming out here to Southview and celebrating the birth of Jesus this evening. We are just so excited. Um, uh, as you can see, I'm not Pastor Brad. <laughs> um, he and his beautiful family are uh, enjoying some quality time in quarantine, some quarantine. I don't know, but we miss them, right? Like, uh, Pastor Brad, I'm just going to assume that you're watching me right now. Brother, we miss you. Hey, church, that was a great chance. Pray for your pastor. Please, please pray for your pastor, pray for, his, pray for his family, pray for healing, pray for health, pray for your pastor. But I'm not Pastor Brad, I'm Pastor Ryan. Uh, you may have uh, seen me in the uh, hallways every now and then if you go out that way. Um, I'm working primarily with our middle school and high school students. And tonight, in the Lord's providence, he has positioned me here before you. <laughs> and, and, and Pastor Brad, I, I can really think of of no more fitting way for you to be where you are and me to be right here than to wrap up 2020. I mean, can, can we all just agree that this has been kind of a backwards year, right? I mean, it, things have just been a little strange. And so um, a, a little about me, um, I'm slightly OCD, right? I'm not, I'm not super weird, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little OCD, and particularly when it comes to numbers, right? Like, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not real weird. I just think that when it comes to setting the volume on the radio or the TV, that a normal person would put it on an even number. Am I right? Yes? Is anyone out there? Like, I, I don't know who goes around leaving TVs on odd numbers. God help y'all who just flip the dial and just see what happens. Right? Like, I, I like an even number on my volume, okay? You know, I like um, the clock. I love it when it says 12-12, right? I'm like, oh, that's a good minute. It happens twice a day, make a wish, right? That's a, that's, that's a good moment. And, and so going into this year, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, hmm, 2020, good year, right? Oh, man. <laughs> and, 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 you know, um, we have two boys, um, Canaan and Shepard, and, and our house is a ton of fun. Uh, we have lots of fun in our house having two boys. Uh, and, and our oldest, Canaan, he's two and a half now, and uh, he's... He's really becoming quite a talker. I mean, it, and sometimes it's really, really sweet. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> like sometimes it's, I love you, Dada. And other times it's, what's that? What's that? What's that? Right? So, and, and then we have our um, shepherd. He's, a, he's our almost six-month-old. And so Canaan's kind of pointing out things, talking, gibbering nonstop, shouting, screaming. Shepherd's over in the corner just drooling, going la 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 and, and, and sometimes there's just so much noise in the house that you just want to run and hide in the bathroom because you just need a little peace and quiet. And maybe that's where some of you are at tonight. Between coronavirus, coronavirus frustrations and fears, uh, literal storms, I'm talking tornadoes happening around us right now, um, just uh, racial division across the country, political tensions, seas of mass faces, and all of it following you around on your phone, on your TV, everywhere you turn, it's just chaos and dysfunction, and it makes you angry, and you just want to run and hide in the bathroom because you just want a little peace and quiet. 
And I believe that is what God desires to speak to us tonight. Listen to our text. We're just coming out of one verse, Isaiah 9, 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, the prophet Isaiah spoke these words roughly 2,300 years ago. He was prophesying about the coming Messiah, Jesus. And there's a ton going on in just this little verse here. I mean, in just this one verse, Jesus is called, he's called a child, he's called a son, he's called one with authority, a counselor, God, a father, and a prince. And it's this last title that I want to direct your attention to tonight. Prince of Peace. You see, every time I read this verse, or every time I heard this verse read, I just kind of chopped this, this name up to prophet talk. You know, it's just kind of the fancy, cool-sounding names, but they don't really mean anything. There's not really any substance to them. However, God's word holds no idle word. And the descriptions given here of the coming Messiah were not without purpose. So what I want us to do tonight is think what does it mean for Jesus to be our Prince of Peace? What does it mean? Well, first, as a prince, Jesus operates under the authority of his father, the king. He's been sent by the king. And so what is his domain? Right? What, what is he the prince of? Is, is he the prince of England? No. No, he, he's the prince of peace. And, 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 don't, and here's, here's where we get it twisted, right? We, we think, we read this and we think, oh, Jesus, he's a peaceful prince. Well, that's not what it's saying. It's not saying that Jesus is a peaceful prince. Rather, he is the prince of peace. That is, he's the ruler of peace. And he comes to us as an ambassador of his father, the king of peace. Why has he come? To bring us peace. You see, when Jesus was born, we're celebrating his birth tonight. When Jesus was born, some shepherds were just chilling in a field nearby. And then, bam, myriads of angels busted on the scene, singing in dazzling light and just blinding them. And they were shouting out, according to Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And as I read that, that the thought struck me, what peace? Where's the peace in this story, right? Where's the peace in the town that's so overpopulated that Mary and Joseph had to give birth in a stable? Where's the peace in the shepherds and sheep getting a nighttime fright? Where's the peace in, in murderous King Herod breathing down your back? Where's the peace? And yet the angel's message could not have been more clear. Peace had come. But how? Right? How, how could there be this peace in the midst of all of this chaos and confusion? Where was it? It was lying in a manger. Jesus. Because Jesus is not just a peaceful person. He's not a calming presence. He is the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, sent by the King of Peace on a mission to bring us peace. He is peace incarnate. And he 
has come. And so as, 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 we, as we think about this, the question has to be asked, why? Right? Why has he come? Why is it that peace is needed? And the answer to that question lies not 2,300 years ago with the prophet Isaiah, but all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. In the Garden of Eden, God gave man and woman a command. They disobeyed his command. And as a result, uh, sin and consequently the death sentence fell for all mankind. Everyone was now infected with, with a fallen sinful nature. And because of sin and disobedience, every single man, woman, and child was now at odds with the God of the universe. And there was nothing we could do to fix it. Romans 6 says that we were slaves to sin. Ephesians 2 says that we were enemies of God, children of wrath. But even then, even then there in the garden, at, at, at the height of our rebellion, God was not satisfied for us to remain at odds with him. He desired peace. And so he promised one who would come to bring peace, the Messiah. In Genesis 3, God's doling out the punishments for sin to Adam and Eve and the serpent who, who tempted them. Uh, the serpent that we know as Satan. And in Genesis 3.15, God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What I want you to see is that from the very beginning, God promised victory. Even as he was giving out punishments for the man and the woman's disobedience, he was simultaneously giving them the promise of salvation. That one day, one would come who would crush the head of the serpent. And I'm here to tell you tonight that that man is Jesus. He is the promised one, the Messiah. And he was born into a crazy, chaotic world on a crazy, chaotic, not-so-silent night. Our Prince of Peace. But how would Jesus bring us peace with God? What did he do? Well, he didn't just come as a baby. He didn't stay perpetually young. He grew up and he lived a perfect life of obedience to God. And then he willingly died in our place on the cross, bearing mine and your sin debt. And as he hung there at Calvary, he shouted out, Tetelestai, it is finished, paid in full. The price had been paid. Every sin had been covered by his blood so that we could be restored to God. 2 Corinthians 5 says that he took our unrighteousness and gave us his perfect righteousness. He died the death we were meant to die. The reason his birth is significant is because of his burial. As swaddling clothes wrapped him as a baby, so they would wrap him in the tomb. Jesus, Messiah, peace incarnate, born to die. But we don't just celebrate his death. Because three days later, he burst that tomb wide open, defeating Satan hell in the grave and crushing the head of that wicked serpent. 
And now, now you can say amen. We can celebrate that church now. Now he lives seated at the right hand of God. Our intercessor, our intercessor, our mediator, our peacemaker between us and God. So that now when Satan the accuser wants to point out some past sin in your life, when Satan wants to bring up some mistake, some failure, Jesus looks at him and he stands up and he says, I paid for that. You don't get to bring that up, Satan. Because of Jesus' birth and his death and his resurrection, our relationship with God has been restored. Listen to Romans 5.1. He says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.14 says that he, Jesus, he himself is our peace, and he's removed the hostility between us and God. Through Jesus' sacrifice, we're no longer children of wrath, but children of God. We've been adopted into his family. We have peace with God. But being at peace with God doesn't necessarily translate into peaceful circumstances in this world, does it? I mean, Jesus never promised a comfy, peaceful life. I mean, just, just take a look at his own life uh, as you look at it through the Gospels. I mean, Jesus was the most polarizing figure in history, either loved or hated or both, constantly on the move, constantly at odds with the political and religious leaders of the day, eventually resulting in his arrest and murder. His life was not very peaceful. Think about the disciples. Uh, the disciples did not live very peaceful lives. I think all but one of them were murdered for the sake of the gospel. In fact, go back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis 3.15. God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman. You know that word enmity? That word literally means warfare. And the reality is that you and I were not born into a peaceful world. We were born into a battle. Not a cosmic battle between God and Satan, right? God, God's not fighting. He's reigning. He's already won the victory. Um, but here, here in, in the present, we are in a war every day with Satan. Every day we fight a battle to see whether we will, will choose to live for God or for the devil. We, we battle our sin nature inside each and every one of us. And it's that very sin nature which results in the crazy, chaotic world that we have. All right, listen to James 1, James 4, 1. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? All right, why is, why, is, why, is, why is all this craziness happening? All right, why do we have all these quarrels and fights and this... Just conflict, where does it come from? Is it not that your passions are at war within you? Right? Why is it that you look around at our country and we can't seem to find any peace? It's because people are not at peace with God and you cannot be at peace with others unless you are at peace with God. You see, unless you're at peace with God, you're still a slave to your sin. And it rages in wars within you, creating quarrels and fights and pain. That's why marriage is hard. 
right? That's why divorce rates are so high. Because when two sinners come together, things can get nasty. But Jesus changes that. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, sets us free from our sinful desires so that we're able to pursue peace with each other. In Matthew 5, 9, remember, we're called children of God. In Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. As a child of God, as a child of God, we're expected to be peacemakers. But how? Through Jesus, our Prince of Peace. He makes peace for us with God. He makes peace with us for each other. And he empowers us through the Holy Spirit to be peacemakers in a lost and dying world. Yes, 2020 might have been crazy. 2021, it might get crazier. I don't know. The storms of this world might have you wanting to run and hide. Literally, there's tornadoes around us right now. The storms of this world, they might have you wanting to run and hide and find a bathroom just to get some peace and quiet. But I promise you tonight, you can find purpose in the pain, promise in the problems, and you can find peace in the chaos. The same God who looked at the raging seas and said, peace be still, he speaks to you tonight. You want a refuge to run and hide? You want a place for some peace and quiet? It's not the bathroom. It's Jesus. Won't you run to him tonight? Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you for a chance, Lord, just to reflect upon all that you've done for us. God, as, as I stand here tonight, Lord, we, we, we celebrate your birth, but Lord, as I said earlier, we don't, we don't just stop at your birth, but we celebrate your life, Lord. We celebrate your death. We celebrate your glorious resurrection and your victory. And God, we look toward the day that you will come again and bring us with you. But Lord God, I pray right now that you would help us to live for you. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight who hasn't made peace with you, God, I pray that you would so now begin to work upon their heart. God, that you would draw them unto yourself. Lord, that you would, uh, even now as we leave here, that you would not allow them, uh, you would not allow them rest until they find peace in you, God. So Lord, I ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen, guys. We're, uh, uh, we're going to take communion now, um, or you might know it as the Lord's Supper. And, and, and we do this, um, we do this as a special celebration and remembrance of Jesus' death for our sins. And so I just want to ask if, if you do not have a, if you're here right now, if you're here and you're a visitor, you've never been in church before, you're not sure what all this crazy guy's talking about, what this Jesus thing is, I just want to ask you, man, hey, don't participate in this part. Don't, don't, don't take part in this. That's okay. There's no shame in not taking part. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 that many of us are weak and sick. And some of us have even died because we've taken the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. So this is something that we celebrate as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ. So if that's not you, man, I don't want you to inadvertently bring judgment upon yourself. So man, out of, out of love for you, I'm saying, hey, just pass that up. Hey, may, maybe you're here and, and that, that's not the case, but there's just, there's some unconfessed sin in your life. There's some things you gotta make right. 
there's some people you got to talk to. Maybe just for those reasons, you want to choose to to withhold yourself. I want to let you know. I'm going to give you freedom. That's okay to do. But what I want you to do now is just all of us take a moment and just make sure you're right with God. Are you at peace with God right now? Maybe for someone in this room, the Lord is working upon your heart and and right now God is drawing you unto salvation. Romans 10, 9 says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Maybe tonight God's calling you to do that. He's calling you to take that step of faith. And tonight, maybe you get to celebrate your first Lord's Supper in recognition of the peace that God has given you. I hope and I pray that you would do that now if that's you. But take a moment now and center yourself with God. Ask him to reveal any unconfessed sin in your life. Ask him to point out any things that need to be confessed and thank him. Thank him for his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. we thank you for the cross we thank you for the body that was broken Lord we thank you for the blood that was shed we thank you for the ocean of unending unconditional grace that was poured out upon us we thank you that we can run to you God we thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are found in you We thank you that you are our hiding place. So we run to you now, Jesus. Meet with us in this moment. You'll find in your seats or maybe in front of them on the back of the seats, prepackaged communion cups here. Jesus, on his last night before being arrested and taken to the cross, he gathered together with his disciples for a meal in an upper room in Jerusalem. And in Matthew 26, 26, it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. We celebrate now his body, which was broken for us. Then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We celebrate now his blood poured out for our sins. God, we thank you and we praise you again. We praise you for the body that was broken, for the blood that was spilled. We praise you for forgiveness of sins. We praise you because you are worthy and deserving of praise. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory in this building tonight. God, would you be exalted? Would you be lifted high? We make great your name because you deserve it. And we thank you for all that you've done, God. I pray that you would fill us now with your spirit, God, that we would, we would leave this building celebrating, filled with wonder and awe at what you've done for us. Don't let us walk away from here unchanged. Don't let us walk away from here the same, God. Let us, let us see you, God. And let us be more like you. It's in your name we pray. We're going to close out our service tonight singing a very familiar song, Silent Night. You'll notice we have people going around now um, lighting your candles. If you would go ahead and make your candles ready, uh, be ready to pass that on. And if I could just uh, just direct you as, as we exit here shortly, uh, please only go out the back doors. We're going to have ushers and buckets there where you can deposit and drop off your candles. So please, just as you leave, just move towards the, the left or the right back door. Just head back towards that way. As you light your candles, I want to invite you to stand with us and sing. I also encourage your church to take this time as a time of reflection. If you need to come down here and pray, then hand someone your candle, come down. We'll be here as long as you need to. If you need to speak with a pastor, Pastor Ryan is right here on the front row. Or we have deacons as well in the front rows and the second rows, they'll be glad to speak with you. But don't leave here tonight without resolving what needs to be resolved as we sing, as we celebrate, as we ponder the glories in Christ. Let's sing.
says it will not come back void that it will have its work in our hearts 
So, God, I thank you for people who are gathered here, whether in person or online. Would you draw us to you? And for those that don't know you, God, would you work in their hearts? Would you call them home? Would you call the prodigal son home, the son, the daughter? Call them home tonight, right here, right now, so they can have the blessed assurance of peace through salvation in the name above all names, Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time together. Empower us to live out the gospel for the glories of Christ. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. A couple things. Don't forget to go out to the back. And if you purchased a poinsettia, you can take them home tonight. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We love you. Good night.